podcast. I am your host, Kyle Devine, and here today we have our second episode. Um, before we get into that part of it, um, I just want to say thank you for everybody that listened to the first episode. Um, I thought it was a really special conversation and an interview uh, with David Vega. Uh, he's a very talented guy with his clothing brand and also the music that he makes and what he does around our area. Um, he's from my local area, and I think it's just special to have a conversation with somebody uh, with so much talent and uh, someone that's really trying to push uh, the Youngstown, Ohio area uh, so much. So I, I thought that conversation was really awesome to have and you know talk about the local talent and whatnot but going off of that we're on the second episode i'm so happy that we're here um and today this conversation is with andrew cram andrew cram uh is a very influential guy into my life he has a podcast called where all my friends where he interviews and talks to people within the music industry or people that just work um, in media in general as well. Uh, He interviews photographers, people in management, producers, uh, songwriters, uh, people that work at music labels, artists. Um, But the thing that really attracted him uh, to me was he is uh, well known for being associated with the people in the alternative rap scene. Um, Artists like Savage Gasp, Garden, Colin Volk, so on and so forth and um, I've gravitated to that scene of music quite a bit Um, and he has worked with those guys a lot and heavy so um, that's how I found his podcast and started listening to him and he's been a big inspiration for me and also a big inspiration on this podcast so it was really awesome getting to you know have a conversation with him and kind of getting to know him a little more and about his business um, and what he does even outside of the podcast Um, So this conversation was actually recorded um, in about, I think, around July or uh, late July, I think. So uh, it's a little dated. Um, So there's a couple things in there definitely that were dated, but um, I think it's still worth a listen to and finding out his story and uh, what he's done and what he does today. So I really hope that everyone enjoys this episode and uh, I'll be back with you guys soon. Peace. All right, we're good. All right. Welcome back to the Thumbs Up Podcast. My name is Kyle Devine, here with Andrew Cram. Um, hopefully I got your last name right on that yeah, part. Nailed it, um, nailed it. Andrew Cram, I've been listening to his podcast uh, since the beginning. Uh, he is the host of Where All My Friends. Uh, he talks about music, uh, works in the alternative hip-hop scene and other scenes as well, um, and a big inspiration to me. And uh, I'm very grateful to have him on this podcast. And today we're just going to be talking about uh, the underground rap scene, uh, alternative hip hop, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has a different name for it. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, if you want to say anything else about yourself, go right ahead. Hell yeah, bro. I, I think you did a great job with that intro. <laughs> I was sitting here listening to that. I was like, dang, all right. I sound kind of cool. It's all right. Yeah. Um, and that's funny. Uh, I, everybody has some different name to call it, but I, I think that you, I think you adequately titled that. I think that's very nice. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I know there's been, I know there was a bit of beef uh, when emo rap like became heavy, like the name yeah. of emo rap was heavy and a lot of guys yes. were upset with that. So I tried my best to never title it that. Yeah, like emo rap, emo trap. Like it's, it's, I get it. Like it definitely paints the picture. And I, I mean, dude, I'm not an artist. So like, who am I to say? Exactly. But I certainly sometimes when I say that out loud, I feel like I'm an old boomer. That's like out of touch. <laughs> I'm like, y'all those kids with their emo trap. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like I get it. But I also like, I'm always struggling for a way to not sound like a boomer when I talk about it. So Trust me, I get it. <laughs> yeah. so, All right. I think you did real good with that. 
I appreciate it, man. Um, but this guy, he's very involved with all of this stuff. Uh, he is a – is it a production uh, for – Version 3? Like tours? Yeah, version 3. Yeah, version 3 is a funny one. Version 3 basically was me starting something, being like, I don't fully know what I'm doing, but I know I can do stuff. Yeah. So it was like loosely the idea that it would be a record label first off. Okay. And I've always been a big believer of find out what is needed and wanted and deliver it. Like in the simplest form, if you're going to get into business, if you're going to do something like find out what your demographic wants, like what is that thing, find it out and then deliver the best version of it. So I kind of started version three as a record label. I was working at indie record labels before, um, I had managed artists before. So I had all of, and I had toured with artists before. So I had all of those skills in the bag, but I was really just trying to find a way to do it with a little bit more of like a modern approach. Uh, The labels that I had worked with and a lot of the things that I was doing, I felt like they were just kind of antiquated. Like I felt like it was like, I get why this was a thing. I get why this worked, but like, we don't really need to focus on press releases anymore. Like just a selfie on Instagram will tell your audience what you're doing better than like sending out a press release to like a bunch of sites that are going to like begrudgingly post it on their site. No one's going to, it's just like it felt backwards. And a lot of those small things where I was like, man, why don't we just try to like do this better? Like cut the fat and do the stuff that matters. So that was my approach to it. And it started, so I guess I would have called it a record label to start. And my whole idea was I would release mixtapes with all of my favorite artists on SoundCloud just to kind of like put together kind of like a feel of the sound of things that I was paying attention to. And then from there, it was like, okay, cool. I have relationships with Spotify or these like D, uh, these DSPs of like getting songs playlisted, things like that. And that seemed like something that these artists wanted, right? Like a lot of times these artists didn't want to sign to a label because they don't want to like, they're making all their money on their own anyway. Why give up a percentage of that? So it felt like they needed help with playlisting. Nobody knew how to tour and no like merch kind of like a lot of people were doing like Teespring and stuff like that, where you're spending like $19 to sell a shirt for $25, like super backwards wonky shit. So, um, that felt a little bit off. Um, so like playlisting, merchandise, touring, those were like the, really the spots where it kind of felt like it was like a little bit off. So I was like, how do I do this while not being like a cop or a suit and like doing artist friendly things? So it started as just like really, really loose or like very like fair deals, artist friendly deals where it was like very minimal percentages. Like typically a record label would take 85% of your royalty, your streaming royalties and you'd get 15. If you're a huge artist, it would be a 50, 50 split. So I was more like, yo, like screw this. Like let's do like 10, 20 and 30% towards the label, all the rest to the artist. And then like figure out those percentages based on how much love the artist needs and how much we do for them. And it's crazy, man. Cause I don't like, I don't want to front like I know everything and I've figured out like I know a lot of like the business sides and I have a lot of relationships and playlisting and understand the numbers and the this is and the that's but I really throughout my entire professional career have never been single handedly able to like 
blow something up follower wise. I think that really does take being a real entertainer. Like you have to have a real vision of what you're making and what it is about and have that personality and have that, the brand so perfectly defined and then all the hard work, whatever. Um, that's like, that's magic to me when people can really nail that. That's, that is an absolute art form. Um, so yeah, that's always something that I've respected a lot. So with version three, that was like the big grandiose idea. And I'm sure, you know, like time, perseverance, dedication, all of the things that we hear Gary Vee talk about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure if you keep going with those, you will get there. Uh, but what I, what I found my strength was, instead of kind of fighting the uphill battle, I found the real strength was like, okay, I have the resources to get these music videos made. I have the resources to get songs playlisted. I have the resources to help the kid, like kids, artists, anybody um, make art like if they needed help with album art or if they wanted to work with cool designers or different people like that. Like I had enough of a network where I could connect the right people. So that's like what I started to do. And it was going really well. And I did a lot of cool releases. I did some stuff with, I did a lot of stuff with Family Pet. That was the first artist that I really worked with and huge, huge shouts to them. A lot of love for them. And they introduced me to a lot of people. Um, And then it was really through them that I met a lot of the group of my other friends. And, um, as I met the other friends, I kind of started to realize that there was definitely a need for touring as well. And me coming from like, for a lack of better words, call it like pop punk warp tour world. That was what I knew the most. I knew how to get in a van and go on tour and have every booking agent and know what to do at venues. And like, you know, that's, that's my roots. Like I am a tour manager. So I was like, damn, all these kids came from having influence. Like they, they, not all of them, but a lot of these, these artists knew all the bands that would go and play Warp Tour, like all of that. A lot of these kids like wanted to play in bands, but couldn't find dedicated members. So they were like all oh, yeah. about touring. It was just, they were solo artists and people, for some reason, I would say like, I started doing this in like 20, late 2017, worked on it deep 2018. And then the version three tours started in 20. Or no, it started at the end of 2018 and then continued into 2019. Somehow, like that scene just wasn't touring. People like didn't think it would draw or whatever. And I'm sitting there looking at the numbers and I'm like, dude, this is a no brainer. Like these kids have the craziest fan bases and it's such an untapped market. Like their fans are begging them to come play shows. I agree. So yeah, like I just, I had a, a booking agent that I worked really, really close with and we had worked on other artists together outside of the genre and I hit him up and I was like, Hey, I know this is a little outside of your genre. I'm not trying to take promoters for a ride. Like I'm not trying to take advantage of them. Uh, could you book like shows in one to 300 cap rooms for me? We'll put together this tour. I'll promote it all. I'll do the lineup. I'll do everything. Book us door deals. I don't care. You know, like have the promoters pay us what they're comfortable with. We have a really low overhead. We're going to travel all in one vehicle we'll stay at Airbnbs together, like really minimal expense touring just to prove the concept. And it super worked. Like it was the craziest shows, bro. And like the camaraderie, like, I don't know. I I feel bad because I don't know too, too much of your backstory, but like, did you come from touring or bands or anything like that side or? Okay. Like I would have loved to, um, yeah. just like, cause like where I grew up and stuff like that, there wasn't like bands or anything like that. Or if there was, it was just very like, 
they just sat in their garage and like jammed and they called themselves a band which we all have known plenty of those type of people um but that's like a big goal of mine is like to end up either working in the music industry or of some sort um whether it is like pop punk alternative hip-hop like whatever it is i want to i definitely want to work in some sort of it i guess yeah well you're in you're in a good lane right now with this podcast (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah, so like coming, like my early days of touring, like something that I remembered so much was like the camaraderie and the friendship of like being on the road with these other artists. You're learning new things. You're inspired every night because somebody's stepping their game up performance wise and like you're ripping jokes and you're off days, you're going places together. And it was like such like it was like summer camp, like it was always summer camp and bringing all these artists together who had been internet friends but hadn't been able to spend proper time like it was just this instant magical bond and it was so special the fans loved it so that was like the whole time of doing version three it's just been like kind of like touch and go trial and error this seems like a good idea let's see if it's good or not so like the wanting to be a starry good idea on paper but it didn't it didn't click as hard but then releasing music and making tours did so that's like kind of what i doubled down on and to be honest with you version three is kind of on pause right now just because the timing got really bad i went from doing the summer version three tour on the west coast which was super super fun um that was like Garden, Savage Gasp, Convulk, Shinigami, Family Pet, Fatsy, 93 Feet of Smoke. Like, dude, we had so many homies out. I was going to say, uh, I Super saw the Chef LA Ram. show. Oh, my God. Like, I didn't get One to of, see it, but I watched, like, clips of it and stuff, and I was like, this is insane. Dude, it was, like, one of the... One of my favorite days of my life, but also just like, it, it felt like such a special little moment. That was really cool. But so all that happened. And then immediately after that tour, like a couple weeks after that tour, I was going on tour with Carly, Carly Ray Jepsen, which I know is far outside of that scene. That's sick though. I love I know, that. I'm a huge fan. I, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I just like, I mean, I love touring and that was an opportunity that came up. A buddy of mine is her tour manager. And I was just like, yeah, why not? That's amazing. So I go out on that tour and two weeks into that tour, I broke my femur and it was so stupid. Um, yeah, it was so, so stupid. I broke my femur in Nashville and um, that really paused my life. That was last July and it yeah. took me three months to even walk again and then yeah and then i mean dude even to this day like i'm still a little bit like limpy and a little weak uh so i like get back to la let's see i live in la so i I left la to tour for that tour at the end of june middle of july i break my leg stay in florida with my parents while i was recovering for like a month get back to la in like august 2019 and I'm like limpy, dude. I'm on crutches. Like I'm like not able to do anything. I, was like, just, I'm I like, remember seeing your Instagram stories and stuff yeah. like that. And I was yeah. like, I was like this dude's going through it. He's having I was a rough time. Going through it, my dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, so then I, I get back to like, like shittily walking, like very <laughs> weak, like barely doing it. But like getting there and like kind of like, all right, what's what's 2020 going to be like? How are we going to do this? Like, let's start thinking about it. 
kind of like going back to the gym just for like basic physical therapy things, kind of whatever, like doing that. And that, like I had started the podcast, so that was nice. I was doing where all my friends and that was like a huge, amazing outlet because I at least had something to focus my creative energy on. Um, so I was doing that and like kind of really focusing on that, but thinking of the tour and everything in the back of my mind and then coronavirus happens. Yeah. It so, just, it just ruined everything for everybody. Like yeah, it was totally. crazy. I, totally. I personally was affected by it. Like with like events I was supposed to like work on with my friend, a bunch of different things happened, you know, with work, I work at a small grocery store. So I had, I was working almost close to 40 hours a week. It was, it was crazy. It, it was gnarly. Terrible. And I have all of the empathy and the understanding for everybody because I don't think it's a contest of like, you know, I never want to oh, be like, it, it ruined me so bad, whatever. Like, dude, if we're in good health, that's amazing. So yeah, that's, like, I agree completely. that's, you know, it is what it is, but I, I kind of learned like, dude, this, the last year was kind of like, you can be the victim or you can figure out a way to like do something about it. So I had to kind of, adapt like the whole leg into coronavirus thing was crazy but that like i would say it was just a temporary pause on version three and i think that's a good thing i think coming back at it again i'll uh i have a buddy who's like an amazing he's just a wizard with streaming and all that and i'd love to partner more with him and i'd love to even open it up to help other podcasts grow and like kind of be like a podcast network and you know continue playing into my strengths of i know podcasts really well i know tours really well and kind of like bringing on people that are just like the best at what they do. So that's the, that's kind of the version three story and the very long explanation of what it is. And the honest answer of, I still don't really know what it is, but it's a thing. It's <laughs> hey, a thing to. I think whatever you're doing with it, you're doing a great job at it. Man. So thank you. I wouldn't, thank you, I wouldn't stress like a label for it. I think cool. you got too many talents just to make, to make it one thing. I appreciate that, man. I think like the, the motto, the mission statement of the company when it started was just a place to put our friends on. So it's yeah, like, exactly. if there's any way to help or showcase or put our friends on, we're going to do it. Yeah, that's I love that ideal. That's great. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so this podcast, I just kind of wanted to like talk to you a little bit more about uh, the alternative like hip hop scene, like I said before, and uh, just see like your views on it, like with it, like currently, like how you found it, like all that yeah. kind of stuff, if you don't mind. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Nice. So yeah, backtracking, a big piece of it for me was Nothing Nowhere and Family Pet. Um, okay. I had worked at Equal Vision, which was an indie label and uh like a mentor of mine like one of my closest friends he's taught me so much in music is this dude johnny minardi and he worked with me at equal vision at the time um he's now at like fueled by ramen electra and uh he is the vp of anor he his title is always changed. he's always leveling up i feel bad that i'm butchering that right now but he's just over there killing it yeah um but he, we were working at Equal Vision together and he finds nothing nowhere. And it's like 2016 and he sends it to me. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like it just felt so fresh, like not at all the same, but I remember the way that people talk about Linkin Park back in the day where it was like the first oh, time yeah. they ever heard rap and rock coming together. And nothing nowhere felt there was a reminiscent feeling of like 
Joe or Nothing Nowhere is putting together a lot of elements from a lot of different scenes and doing it so well. And it just feels like there's going to be something bigger than just like, it just felt like something bigger. Yeah. So I freaked out and I was like, dude, you need to sign this. It was this whole crazy saga. Cause like every label was going for it. And Johnny's the dude and Johnny pulled every string possible and finessed and finagled and like made the deal so good that it couldn't be said no to. And it uh, so much respect, but I was not responsible for any of the signing, but I was at the label and I was freaking out. Like I was so excited about it. So what did I do? I then just like doubled down. I went on SoundCloud. I went like every night after work, I would go on SoundCloud and I would just like scour through and like find whatever I could find. And I found Family Pet and I found uh, Deathbed. I found Deathbed by them. And I was like, this is so fucking good. And I, I just sent them a DM. We were talking about that before the podcast started. That's why we're talking is just DMs. Um, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer of that. Just like shoot people DMs and try. Yeah, like if you happens. have good intentions, if you're, you know, if you're, if you believe in people, if you're trying to do something cool together, send a DM. Maybe you'll say yes. Exactly. So I sent a DM and I said, hey, I work at a record label. I don't know if, it's, if it fits your style, but I really like what you're doing. And if I can ever help you, let's do it. And... Uh, they responded back and they're like, Hey, are you real? And I was like, yeah, I'm real. Are you real? And I'm like, yeah. So we talk on the phone and like, kind of like get the vibe of like what they needed help with, whatever. And it didn't make sense to bring them to equal vision, but I, I was also managing artists. I was just trying to do everything. So I was like, damn, what if I try to manage you guys? So that's kind of that. And I really owe all of my education to finding that whole scene to them really to Mitch and family pet, because he, he was such a, so good at being an internet kid yeah. that like he shortly introduced me to 93 feet of smoke. Who's an artist and a producer um, who later on became like one of my closest friends. Like we lived together out here in LA for a couple of years. And like, I just, that, that was what really got me into it. Did I, I think I long worded answered it again. And no, you're fine. Listen, okay. Don't stress. Just talk. You're good, man. I promise. All right. Talk. Yeah. Listen, you're not like one of those, like, people up on a stage just talking you're fine i promise all right good 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 but no that's crazy because i personally like so your story like is like with like um with like the music label and like finding nothing nowhere mine's like the flip-flop of it all like mine was just being like a straight internet kid oh and being on youtube so like it originally started with i don't know if you ever heard of cuff boys at all like the youtube Mm. channel it's this kid that originated his youtube channel based off of he would like he was like big into like the underground scene he like found like bones suicide oh, boys wow. like all this stuff and he, he would show early. his mom and he would show his mom i may have seen a video of this yeah i it, feel like that's familiar of like a mom hating bones yes yes yeah exactly okay. and okay and uh so I watched this channel for like the longest time and I got like really into like recent, like it was more, I'd probably say that was what, probably when I was just about out of high school. So it was like early or like more towards the end of like 2017. Um, and he, he was posting about little skies. Okay. And yeah. I didn't, and I knew nothing about like, I, like no one knew anything about him, but he was like really close friends with him. Yeah. He was making like really cool music and all this stuff. And then he dropped a music video with Lyrical Lemonade of Red Roses with Landon Cube. And Landon Cube mm. was friends with 
the guy that started Cuff Boys. So it was like this full circle thing of like me finding like all these other guys like through his channel, like Bones, Suicide Boys, um, like Peep, like all that kind of stuff, but also finding like this new wave of like guys that are coming out like from like kind of like the underground sound. Yeah. And then from that, I found No Jumper. Yeah, okay. And then I would listen to, I remember listening to the Schema Posse podcast. I listened to Puya and Fat Nick, um, Suicide Boys. And like, that's how I found like that kind of realm of it all. Yeah. And then, and then I ended up backtracking even more and found out about Space Ghost Perp, uh, yep. Raider Clan, yep. Bones, uh, yep. Xavier Wolf, Sesh Hollow yeah, Water so Boys. You're, yeah, you're like deep in it there. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, you know, it was kind of like, I'd go up and then fall all the yeah. way back. So. You like find a more underground artist and then that leads you to the more mainstream version. And then you're like, oh, that's weird that I missed that. And then you go yeah. backwards and you find something deeper underground. It was weird because then it was just like this whole maze of like, because I was like strictly more like on the more like dark side of hip hop. Like, because it really wasn't like some of it wasn't like even emo rap. It was more like just dark hip hop. Yeah. And then it was, then I found, because in my one my one friend he loves youtube to death like for finding yeah. music he'll watch yeah. music videos for days and he'll just find people through that like with the algorithm and all that stuff and the suggestions and he found hammer by nothing nowhere holy shit and then he sent it to me because he knew like i was like a pop punk kid i listened to yeah. hardcore growing up like all that kind of stuff and he was like dude i think you're gonna love this song and he sent it to me I fell in love, listened to all of Ruiner, you know, yeah. listen to Reaper, you know, listen, you know, I fell in love with him. You're deep, um, yeah. And then I found that. It. Yeah. And then, you know, finding that, you find JV. Yep. Which love JV just as like, Shouts to an inter- JV, yeah. yeah, internet yeah, he personality. The podcast, he's the homie, yeah. Yeah. I, li- I love that interview. Um, and I forget how I even, what else? That was how I found Shinigami. And then that's how I found oh, you. Wow. Yeah. And it yeah. just went like full blown. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Like it took a, probably a good two years of like just learning everything. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's funny. I actually kind of missed a detail. So yes, Johnny and I, like Johnny showing me nothing nowhere then and going deep on that side, there was two things happening at once was I was working in LA, but I was living in San Diego. And I had a friend in San Diego who was like the absolute, like just like your friend, like the YouTube kid. And he like, I swear to God, that kid is five to 10 years ahead on every trend and everything and every everything. Like he just knows everything. Anytime I feel like I'm like not relevant in culture, I just go to him and I'm like, hey, what should I know about? And he's like, here's your homework. So it was the combination of, Johnny bringing nothing nowhere to the table, me going deep on SoundCloud and then going to my friend and him doing that. Cause my friend was like showing me Oliver Francis music videos and showed me the Astari channel and like all of that. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was a crazy one. And then that's even full circle too, because through Oliver Francis, I found big baby scumbag who yes. then came on my podcast and like, it's crazy. Like, I don't know what it is, but wh- the thing that you and I are talking about is like the is is the internet 
discovery, like the music discovery of the internet for this scene did the same thing to all of us. And we all oh, yes. went through this weird journey. And part of me is like freaked out by it. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like they're like, the algorithms know us too well, man. But yeah. <laughs> there is this level of like that journey that I think everyone went through. And I think peep was a huge piece of oh, that too. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of like the OG people, I mean like even, I don't know, I guess bones too. Like that was, that was before, I don't know, but there was a lot of layers because I talk to my actual artist friends, you know, like I'll talk to 93 and I feel like yeah. a poser when I talk about this because they know stuff so much deeper and they yeah. know like even Shinny, like when I talk to them about it, they all know all the OG producers, everyone. Lil Aaron is another one. He knows everyone and started so far back. So I kind of feel like a poser. Like my, yeah. my honest truth is like, I found it just like you as a fan. And then yeah. I happened to have friends that were close enough to it where they could be like, take my hand, I'll show you the way. <laughs> so yeah. that was that. Well, and like, I'm the weird friend out of the friend group because like all my friends are like huge Drake fans or they listen okay. to country music. Oh, wow. Big pass on country music for me. Yeah. Don't know about you. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up from my brother uh, listening to like Blink, Green Day. Yeah. yeah. Then I found, um, I don't know if you know the band H2O from New York. Like, yeah, dude. Like the super yeah. heavy hardcore band. Yeah. Yes. I felt like I grew up listening to them, Gorilla Biscuits, like all that kind of stuff was like me growing up. And then like my mom was like huge into pop music from like the eighties. So that was also an influence. Like George Michael and like Wham and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like all that kind of stuff. And then my dad loved nineties hip hop. Amazing. So you were destined to have good taste in music. (laughs) You have it all. Yeah. And then I just found my dad showed me a tribe called Quest, Biggie, Holy. Tupac, like all that kind of stuff. And then a sleeper, I don't care what anybody says, Black Sheep, and their the hamster commercial is the reason, the biggest reason why I love 90s hip hop. Like wow. no lie. Like that's literally the biggest reason. This or that, best song from the nineties in my opinion. I love that song to death. Respect. I, to, I won't fight you on that. I, I used to you. rap in French class. Damn. For credit. It's great time, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so you I, were the just, odd man out. Yeah, and so that was like this. so it was a weird thing. And then the biggest factor of finding like the guys that like, especially the guys that you live with, um, was I I couldn't even tell you what I I think I I must have been listening to Nothing Nowhere and like been trying to find like interviews to like learn more about him, and there was this guy that kept popping up on my suggestion page and his channel said, Patrick CC. Funny. And I, and I was like, and, it, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch these videos. So then I looked up um, like top 10 lists of emo rappers. And I was trying to find the list without like peep. Cause I knew about him, but like I wanted to find like you guys. And he had like three videos out and I was like, okay, I'll watch these. And then I watched all of those videos. Then that's how I found Convolk too okay. was through him and then I started making the connections it was like Convolk Garden Shinigami you know 93 Young Burial and yeah. then I heard about Family Pet from another thing yeah. and then it was yeah Super Chef 
And then yeah. what else was it? You found I, the whole gang. Yeah. And I found the whole entire crew. And I actually like wrote like a list. Of, yeah. Gucci Highwaters. Yeah. Um, Savage Gas. Yeah. Like all those guys. And, like that's how I found all of them was through that. And then it got even more in depth. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys. They're called, their YouTube channel is called Hive Mind. I've heard, I know that name, but I'd be, I'd be fronting if I knew too much about it. Well, they're like Patrick in a way. They like more, they're kind of more like on the hyper pop side, I guess I, I would oh, say. On the underground. Is it like a podcast or like a, a YouTube show where it's two kids? It's two people? Yeah. It's Riley Savage and then it's Braden, his, his other, his co-host. Okay. And, and do, one of them is like deep in it and the other is like not as much and they yes. like kind of show each other stuff or whatever. Yeah. 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 You know who told me about that was Fatsy. Yes. Cause they've, yeah. they've, they've talked they've even talked about like those group of guys before. Like they've Whoa. like named them off cause they do a series on their channel where they're like top five songs in the underground right now. Crazy. And they'll like, and they'll pick out songs or like Riley will like be like show Braden like, you know, the new stuff like that he hasn't heard yet on the video. And they've like brought that, like all those guys up, like they'll bring up like 93, you know, like Young Burial, like all those kind of yeah. guys, like while they're showing yeah. these videos. And they especially talked about Savage Gas. Right. Because I don't know if you ever heard of Koi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they brought Savage Gasp up too, because like they have like a similar kind of vibe to them, like when they mm-hmm. make music. So he, they were talking about that, and they make like really influential videos. Like they talk about stuff that I've like I didn't even know what hyperpop was until yeah. I started watching their videos. Yeah, you're putting me on to some good some good wisdom here. Now it's I, I need to pay more attention to them because that's the second time I've heard about it, and it seems like they're just like super genuinely into it like you can tell yes. when people aren't doing it for the views or the likes and they're just like a fan of the like the genre and do the deep dives and it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing oh yeah for sure yeah. and like they don't that's even cool. like just stay on one genre either like they i don't know if you've ever heard like the, the detroit rapper um sada baby Mm-mm. but they've done like video like he's been on like the underground stuff they've done oh, i'm trying to think big baby gucci like all that oh, kind of cool. stuff but and then that too to backtrack a little bit before i found them i found mascarilla oh okay yeah roger that's awesome yeah yeah and then that also opened up a whole new world of artists and stuff like that and his story with like how we yep. knew everybody and peep and him yeah. being on the documentary and like his stories with them and i just yeah He's like, I mean, he's definitely one of the OGs of like, he was there very, very early and like believed in it and saw something there. And I have a lot of respect for him and what he's done. I agree completely. He's, cause yeah. it's crazy to me. Like he talked about, he did uh, the interview with Brennan Savage and that like, he talked about being in that house that Brennan and Peep lived in together. Like, yeah. Like it was like, they, he lived there too. And I was like, this is great. Like he was ahead of even like, them dropping stuff on soundcloud yeah it's nuts dude and it's crazy too because i feel like i think that one of the reasons why this scene has succeeded so well is understanding like seeing the previous like alternative culture like for a minute like all like pop punk world warp tour everything like that hardcore scene 
that was very much like the cool alternative underground thing to be into. And I feel like something happened with that that I think is very whack, where that was like people started to take themselves so seriously and be too cool for school. And it was it got to be pretty competitive where it was like petty, right? Like it felt like it was this competition where there could only be like one big band or whatever. And what I really love about this new underground underground alternative scene is like you were talking about like Roger at that house with Brennan Savage and all of that. It feels like there's a lot of that where there's like Atlanta, there's like a father in that whole house. And there was like even Lil Aaron, like he had the mini mansion out here in Hollywood and like so many people crashed on his couch out there and came together. And there's all these circles, right? Like every, like there's just these collectives almost or like these like little friend circles. But instead of it being like this competition where everybody's like versus everybody and it's like some weird energy, it's more like exciting to meet these people and to hop on a track and do a collab or to do anything. And I really felt that when I put version three tour together, it was like nobody had egos, like nobody cared about what time they played or anything like that. It was just this exciting energy of everyone's coming up together. I also think a big reason for that is like a lot of these artists have put out music or have had some amount of like financial success on their own. So they don't feel like they're chilling, dude, they're comfortable, they're eating. So it's not like, they just have this better idea of like everyone can succeed. And I think that's why this scene has become something so magical because there's these little pockets of magic. And then when they meet or when the fans connect them, it's just game over. I agree completely. I was going to say, and also too, you haven't seen, like you said, even before it kind of became this thing, like the pop punk hardcore and all this stuff. Like everyone got an ego and it got like even cornier than what yes. the outside world thought it was. Yes, like even yeah. like people in the scene were like, this is corny. Like people yeah. are being weird. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool to see too, like to go outside of this. But like w- when I started really getting into like hardcore and like pop punk, I, I found Knocked Loose and Movements and mm-hmm. like seeing those group of guys like come up, like that's the first time that I saw it where it was like, this is kind of making a flip flop of like, it's not corny anymore. Like, people yes, actually yeah. like each other yeah like, this is cool um, absolutely that's a great point those are great bands to say for that yeah and i was going to say the thing about the alternatives like hip-hop scene is you don't see too many like beefs yeah yeah like, like very little like sometimes you'll see some stuff on twitter but like it's not anything crazy or if it is it's you know pretty civil compared to what a lot of other scenes and things get into so i i mean i think that's one of the greatest things about it i think you'll always have some amount of beef or some amount of people that don't get along that's natural but Mm -hmm. for the most part i think what there is like a really supportive element to i don't know call it 80 percent of it maybe there's 20 percent of the artists that have problems with people or it gets sketchy or sus but like i just feel like the ratio of people that are chill and just excited to make art is so much higher yeah i was gonna say like meeting garden like was the coolest thing oh yeah i've ever done he's the nicest kid you'll ever meet ever i felt i felt like i never want to be that person that's like a stand but Mm -hmm. i definitely had that moment when i saw him i was at a nothing nowhere concert and all of a sudden i'm with my good friend he only knew nothing nowhere he knew nobody else there like performing and all of a sudden i see 
I see this kid with like a little bit longer, like black hair, had a beanie on. He's running through the crowd. And I'm like, I swear to God, if that's guarded, I'm going to freak out. And he ran right past me and like hit my shoulder. And he was like talking to these guys. I go, hey, AJ, that dude right there, I love his music. I might cry. And I went up to him, I was like, please tell me I can give you a hug. And then I was like, can I get a picture? And I felt so bad, but he was so nice about it. And like talked to us for a little bit. I mean, he was that kid. Like he so admittedly was like the fan of so many of these artists. And I think like, I don't know, man. I think that that's like a cool, I think it's cool to be a fan of shit. I think it's cool to like let somebody know that you love what they're doing. Like it's going to make their day. Like I think it takes a lot to be like, cool dude, fuck off. Like thanks (laughs) for supporting me. Like, come on. That's sick. That's sick to know that somebody's paying attention to what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree completely. But I just didn't want to be like that overwhelming, like, huh, hey, yeah, yeah. can I get a can I get a picture? Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to be that. But yeah, he was like I said, he was really cool about it, took a picture with us. Just love that picture. I look like a cheese ball. I was so happy. There's no way it's absolutely impossible to take a photo with somebody that you're a fan of and not look like a goob. Oh, they I somehow just look like a rock star every time, and then it's just like <laughs> yes so. like everyone thinks they look so cool when they're standing next to someone like that they love and then you look at you like dang damn that's it. a rough picture that's real tough yeah it's real tough right yeah there. yeah that's funny <sighs> but yeah i mean i think what this scene has done not even like just like for the underground but like even just like for popular music now is crazy too um like thinking of people like trippy red Juice World, you know, like all those yeah. type of guys. I think Juice it, World's a huge one. That was oh like, yeah. I mean, he was a fan of Belmont <laughs> pop punk band. He, yeah, like, he would like you could see. I forget what profile it was, but I remember when I was managing Shinigami, like Shinny hitting me up, being like, "Dude, I saw Juice World listening to my tracks on his profile," and like he was in it, dude. Like he yeah. was, he paid attention to it all, and like that commercial success was huge for everybody. Yeah, I was gonna say because like, and then you even saw like labels trying to make fake versions of like certain things i'm not gonna say names but yeah oh for sure you'd have your industry plants you'd have your copy paste versions yeah and i was just like like that's crazy that like this scene that's not even like publicly known like fully yet is making that much of an impact that they're like literally copying and pasting multiple of these from each label yeah dude for sure crazy it was crazy and like then all the industry plant videos came out about those people and i was like this is like the craziest thing just because i i mean like i personally think the people that really pushed it were gbc actually i i wrote out a list i was gonna say like three things that i definitely think were like the pushing factor of it was thrax house schema posse in gbc to make it really like well yeah that goes back to like that what we were saying before is like you have these little pockets of these kids that are just like doing the sickest shit and then the internet makes everything so accessible people are putting things out so quickly so then one person sees somebody do something cool and they're like what if i do that but like this and it's just this the evolution of it has gone so fast, bro. Like it's yes. hard for me to keep up with. Like, again, I feel there are times where I just feel like a boomer and I'm like, shit, I was in it and now I'm out already. Like, I don't know. I'm yeah. missing this, but uh, cause, you know, whatever. Cause Listen you can miss out of stuff so fast. Like, especially with like 
up and coming artists and stuff like that, like either from SoundCloud, Spotify, anything like that, you're going to miss at least one thing like Dude. in the next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. I mean, but I also love it because it's just so fast paced. Mm-hmm. Like, I just totally. love learning about more stuff like when it comes to this, but it's just a nuts concept. Um, and like, that's what I thought was so cool about Thrax House was Magnet literally just took all the people that really wanted to do it and just made GBC. Mm-hmm. And like that, that to me, like, because you had, and that wasn't even Peep yet. That was what? Wicked Phase, Magnet, Cold Heart, Horsehead, Nedar. Yeah. Uh, Doves. You know what's funny is they're like so close to like the LA scene of music and I really don't know any of them. Like really? you'd think that in all of like the it being such a super close knitted world together. Yeah. I've like, like every now and then there'll be like a show where it's like, oh yeah, cool, like I recognize them or like a quick like hello, but like for us to like none of us know each other at all outside of like maybe we've said hi, maybe. Really? Which is so weird. Yeah. And it's like so close to like genres yes that's cr- yes. what that's crazy no to me and i was even gonna say like maybe like they would say the same thing about me but like who know- they might not even know who the fuck i am like it's so that's like it's weird how much so much of it ties together yet there's still like missing links maybe i need to just fix that maybe i just need to like hit up the core gbc kids or whatever and be like can we get some podcasts going on can we can yeah, we connect the these bridges the meshes yeah together yeah exactly that would be amazing a massive mixtape coming out soon please yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah i think that's the uh, craziest part about it all i mean in your opinion like for anybody that's listening what do you think like almost like a starter pack like where to start like for finding wow. like because that i mean I, I would love to hear your opinion on this where to start as far as like digging into the genre yeah that's such a hard answer because i think like I think it's whack to listen to music for like cred, right? Like to be like, oh, yeah. like this is the godfather of this or whatever. Like listen to what you like. Yeah. So I guess like what's my advice there is like any name, you could search literally any name we said in this podcast and just listen. And if you like it and if you connect with a lyric or production or a beat, go from there kind of thing because as we said like the algorithms are so so good because it's like savage gasp like gasper was a fan of all of like shinny and all of them and then you know like everybody linked up like he recorded pumpkin scream in this house that i'm in right now he came in yeah crazy yeah, he came over for one day and 90, he came into 93, 93's room and he's like, give me the most ignorant beat you could think of. And that was that. And the song was done in an hour. So like the, they all tie together in weird ways that you wouldn't expect. But there's not really like, like it ties together because of similar interests. So yeah. like I was saying like Savage Gasp is like, he's definitely not like you, you really wouldn't, he, he's almost in his own lane now from even some of his influences. Like he's kind of found his own sound. So if you attach to that and you like that, you might find a whole wave of artists in a whole different lane because he works with a bunch of other people now. Oh yeah. Um, 
or you know it's like if you were to first find shinigami like he's like i mean i swear that kid just sees the whole world different than anything and his his inspirations like dude i swear to you, that kid came out of a ps2 game like he's every like he's just his inspirations and everything is like so like cyber like glitchy but like he has his own vision and i like yeah. the more i understood him i was like i can't call you a genre like yeah like you made like luna and everything when you were really sad and you could call that like emo rap but like yeah, but that's he's not made it. so much more like he's made so yeah. much more than just that so really i do think the answer to that is just like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some interest in this yeah. already. Keep digging into your favorites and you'll just like follow them on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever, and like see the things that they're posting. And I promise you, you will find gold. Yes. I think, I, that, think the, I think that, does that answer it? Yeah. hundred percent. Because okay. I mean, you're, you're right though, too, because so many of these guys, like there's a lot of like cohesion with their music, but also too, they're also all in their own sound and stuff like that so i yeah no, that was perfectly worded i agree completely. and you'll be next like if you're trying to stay in a box and trying to listen to the starter pack you'll never have that fun moment of music discovery whereas like if you're like oh i love the production on this or like uh i mean like even like fatsy like he used to play in hardcore bands so like he's like yeah. super technical with guitar stuff or he'll do all these things where he'll push these limits differently so like if you like fatsy's production and his you know like any of like the guitar bits and all that if you do a deep dive there you'll find other stuff and so it's just like find the thing that you like and then just go further down that rabbit hole and that discovery is so fun yeah not everybody's like me and i'm trying to find out the history of everything <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean music. I, yeah 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 but then if you really love it find the history and then you'll be mind blown there too yeah, the amount of videos I've watched on like all this stuff and learning, I just, I don't know what it is about this scene and what it's become and everything, but I've just like fell in love with all of it. So that's but, so important, though. That's so important. I think that like the chasing, if you naturally fuck with something, you never need to justify it. Just keep going. Is it a blessing to be obsessed with something? Yeah. Like people talk about like, you know, like, finding people that don't have hobbies or like passion it's like that's such a boring person like if you find a thing and you're gravitating towards it like double down on it like because that might even be part of your purpose of like your career whatever you do and like somebody will meet you and be like damn you know everything about this and there'll be the perfect opportunity there and you can't fake that so like oh my god the deep dive is real it's necessary yeah, it's, it's a great time man uh, what I spend a lot of my time doing outside of this stuff in school. So, <laughs> good. Yeah. Keep doing um, it. It'll pay off. Your opinion on Oliver Francis? That's I was. Oh curious. my god, I love him, dude. I, I absolutely love him. He, my friend Logan, he's a producer and a rapper, and he's known his music for the longest time. Like he's like that friend of yours that like is like five years ahead. Like, he mm -hmm. knew about Oliver Francis before, like, Gemini, like, all that kind mm -hmm. of, like, all of his, He like, knew about Oliver secret. Francis before Oliver Francis knew about Oliver Francis. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But he, he showed me, like, one of his mixtapes, like, I'd probably say back in high school. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is all right. Like, it's okay. And then I started listening to 
like him again for some reason i forget like what like triggered it but like i was just like oh i'll give it another try and i was just like this dude's insane like Mm -hmm. the type of music he makes the production his story like all of it like it's still blows my mind every day have you gotten to meet him yeah 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 that's uh, again i can't front like we're like boys or anything like yeah that, no that's but, fine uh, i was just curious yeah he um i've actually through my friend who showed me all of that they became again like, like close homies but homies enough and we went out and he came through on tour a couple damn was that how long ago was that now it was before version three tour 2019 he came through on tour in 2019 and we were able to hang out before a show and I actually, I talked to him on the phone too. He was another artist that I randomly called when I worked at Equal Vision, like back in, I don't know, probably 2017 when I first found him. Yeah. I just hit him up and I was like, hey, I work at this label. Um, I don't know if it fits, but I love what you're doing. Like if any way that I can help you. And he was very like anti-labels. Like he like very much like, yeah. I think he thought I was like a cop. He was like, <laughs> cool, man, thanks. Uh, and I was like, no, you don't get it. I'm here for it. But uh, no, he's like, he for all of the times that i have talked to him and been with him in person he is so fucking kind and like so quiet and shy but like humbly awesome and then in like if you listen to the big baby scumbag podcast i did like we talked about him a little bit there and like again he has nothing but great things to say about him i was gonna say that whole thing and i remember seeing um because like like you said he's so like anti-label and like I totally forgot that like some underground people that aren't signed go to Rolling Loud. But I remember seeing a tour video of Oliver Francis and Big Baby Scumbag at Rolling Loud together. And I'm like, Oliver Francis is on stage at Rolling Loud right now. Like I wish I was there. Like I wish I was like witnessing yeah. that whole moment. Yeah, like he wasn't even playing, right? He was just there with them. Yeah, like it was like this is great. Like I remember just seeing the video of like Big Baby Scumbag and Oliver Francis in the hotel. And I was like, what are they doing? And then they like jumped on the stage at Rolling Loud. I was like, this is nuts. Yeah. Like it was sick. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. Uh, Yeah. But I think that pretty much like wraps up. I mean, yeah, I think we did it. I think we hit, I don't know what our time was somewhere around an hour, but I feel like that's a good little window for a podcast. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, man, I'm just stoked. I got to have this conversation with you. I don't get to have like these like nerdy, like in-depth conversations too often but so i was really stoked to get you on here and uh, have this wonderful conversation with you man i really appreciate it dude of course i think like in having my own podcast it's i'm a very big it's even outside of podcasts like i think there's a very big important part of like paying it forward and giving everyone a chance and it's like how is it like dude we're just talking about shit that i love anyway like it's awesome this was a pleasure but i think like I really, I hope to watch you continue to blow up and blow up and succeed. And there's going to be somebody that wants to talk on your podcast. And it's like, I think paying that forward inspires people to do and chase the shit that they love. So if we keep paying it forward, it'll just be a cycle of people doing cool stuff. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, Everybody that listened, thank you so much. Uh, Andrew, if you'd like to name off your social media so people can follow you and listen to your podcast oh yeah totally i'm at andrew underscore ftw on all socials and i think the easiest way to find the podcast is just where are all my friends.com you can find like that'll link you to watch it on youtube or listen on any platform whatever just go to the website 
Okay, awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it again. Um, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This was the Thumbs Up Podcast. Peace out. And that is the end of the second episode with Andrew Cram. I really hope you guys liked this episode. Andrew has an interesting story when it comes to version three and how he helps artists and different things of that nature and how he has really helped the alternative rap scene as well. Um, that's how I found him. Um, and then he's a very big inspiration to me and also doing this podcast that I'm doing now. Uh, he has made me realize I want to learn more about the music industry, but also too, I want to hear people's interesting stories either within that or just in media in general. Um, I care about media and music a lot and, uh, you know, I just want to learn more from other people that I'm interested in. So yeah, if you guys can, please go follow Andrew on Instagram, Andrew FTW. But also, too, go follow his podcast, uh, Where Are All My Friends. Uh, each episode is an amazing episode. Uh, you learn a lot from these artists and other people that work in the music industry or as well just work in media in general. Uh, he always finds some interesting people that you won't either hear about or you have heard about. Uh, and just hearing their stories and uh, finding inspiration in each thing if you're thinking about doing something creative or you know doing it as a hobby or even as a career. So yeah, definitely go give that a listen. Um, But yeah, Andrew, thank you so much for doing this episode. It really meant a lot to me. But if you guys can, please go support the podcast by following Thumbs Up Pod on Instagram. And as well, go follow me at kyle.nice underscore on Instagram as well. DM me, say what's up, or even just, you know, let me know what you think about the podcast or even let me know who you want me to interview. Um, I would love suggestions and uh, maybe getting to know some of my fans as well. But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast and listening to it. it means a ton to me. I've been putting a lot of hard work on trying to get this all together. So if you guys can as well, um, go like, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well at Thumbs Up Podcast. And uh, you know, leave a comment. Say what's up on there as well. And then also too on Apple Podcasts if you could please. Go review it and also just share it with friends, family, and other people as well. Even share it to your dog. Who knows? Maybe they'll like it. <laughs> But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting. Um, I hope you guys liked this episode. This was Thumbs Up Podcast. Peace.